Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Life gets busy. Lots of things going on at our house. A couple of weeks ago, Sharon and I were busy painting our upstairs. That's our guest quarters where guests stay. And, you know, Sharon had been telling me for the longest time it needed to be done. And I was all too eager to do it. And I said, I'll be happy to do that, Sharon. That sounds like a fun project because we get to move all the furniture over here to this side and paint that side. And then that furniture plus the furniture on this side's got to go back over here. Then we paint this side. And this furniture here now has to go back over on that side. That sounds like a lot of fun. We can get on that right away. No, that's not how it happened at all. I had a bad attitude the first day. <laughs> I wasn't liking it. Wasn't what I wanted to do. And, and what makes it worse, fellas, is when it was all said and done and it was finished, it did look 10,000 times better. And I had to eat crow by saying, yes, Sharon, it does look much, much better now. That's the busyness of life. All of us have to deal with that. You deal with grocery shopping, cooking meals, going to work, changing the oil, mowing the grass, taking care of kids, taking care of your spouse, all of that. This morning, I want you to put that on the back burner because we're going to look at some questions and answer some questions that probably even the average Christian doesn't think a whole lot about, but you need to. And we're going to look at those this morning, answers to life's most important questions. And understand we have truthful answers to the most fundamental questions in life. What are the basic questions of life? Because it's how you think about and it's how you answer these questions that's going to have a profound effect on you. It's going to have a profound effect even on the mundane things you do every day. What are the basic questions of life that few people think about, but I want you to think about this morning? Number one, where did we come from? Number two, why are we here? Number three, where are we going? And number four, how are we to live our lives in the here and now? Can you pause this morning and put all the busyness of life on the back burner of your brain And focus on these questions. How do you answer them? Answer these questions right, and you will experience life in a meaningful and in a fulfilling and in a significant way. If you answer them right, and I can prove that to you this morning. Answer these questions wrong, and you'll miss life in a very meaningful and fulfilling way. People have all sorts of answers. I went to a website because I was curious, how does the world answer this? Not how does Christians answer it, but how does the world answer it? The, the world answers these questions in a variety of ways. For example, here's, here's some examples of what really life is all about. You know, you ask somebody, what is life all about? Here's the answers you get. Number one, we're here to make money and spend it on a bunch of stuff. That's how a lot of people see life. It's no more or no less than that. Or, we're here to become as well-liked, respected, famous, powerful, or as high on the ladder of social status as possible. You know, there are people that give their whole lives to that pursuit right there. 
I mean, that's the most important thing in their life. Some people answer it this way. We're here to kind of float through and enjoy the trip and have as much fun as possible. The universe as our personal Disneyland. I mean, there are folks that believe that. No more, no less. Behaviorism. We're here to seek pleasure and avoid pain. And why is pain and pleasure here? Well, we don't even think about that. Some other answers. We're here to find the perfect guy or girl, make them fall madly in love with us and live happily ever after. We're here to be a success at something. Or we're here to work like dogs, pay taxes, get old, get sick, and die without ever knowing why. We're here for reasons we don't understand and never will, so we're just supposed to just blindly stumble through life trying to do the best we can. Or some people think we're here to distract ourselves from asking why are we here. I don't know about you, but I find these answers totally unsatisfying and very problematic if you think that is the essence of life. People who think that these answers are proper answers for life are people that are notoriously unfulfilled and unsatisfied. Look at this statement behind me. Without answers to the basic questions about life, you can have absolute confidence that your life is destined to be confusing, perplexing, frustrating, empty, and void of any real significance. If you can't accurately answer those basic questions of life, why are we here? Where did we come from? Where are we going? And how is life to be lived? If you answer those questions wrong, you can rest assured you're going to get life wrong. It's a, it, what do you mean? It's akin to the feeling you get when you don't know if you're going in the right direction when you're going to someone's house. Okay? If, if you don't know the answers to those questions, life is confusing and, and perplexing, and you're seeking and you're searching, but you're never finding. I mean, multi-billionaires have all the toys in the world, all the money in the world, and they're drug addicts, their own alcohol, they're not satisfied. And again, it's like you're going to somebody's house and you don't know how to get there. And when you don't know how to get there, it's frustrating and it's perplexing and it's very frustrating and people go through life like that. Or you could compare it, you know, putting a swing set together and you don't have instructions. And you got a million nuts and bolts and a million pieces, and you hope this is A, and you hope it's connected to B. And is this the right bolt? Is this right? You know. And when you don't know, or when you think you know, and you have it wrong, it can be very frustrating, like putting a swing set together without the instructions. Or when it comes to life's questions, these basic questions of life, it would be akin to the boss wants to talk to you and you have no idea why, and you just assume it's going to be bad. You know, it's just, you don't know why, but I need to talk to him. It's the uncertainty. We don't like uncertainty. And when it comes to life, most people are uncertain. Lost people, for sure, they're searching. 
They're trying to find it. And how many people do you know are truly happy? No, they have to gotta have their shot of this to be able to go to bed, and they gotta can't go to a party without booze, and you know, it's the pursuit of this, and you know, depression is in epidemic proportion today, and there's so many issues. When you have answers to the basic questions about life, you can have absolute confidence that your life is destined to be meaningful, fulfilling, rewarding, relevant, and filled with significance. When you can answer the questions that I've given you this morning confidently, life takes on a whole different dimension. You're not the person looking for directions to somebody's house, and you're not real sure how to get there. I mean, that's, that's their approach to life. I'm, I'm going somewhere, but I don't really know where, and I don't know if I'm on the right track or not. I hope I am. I tried this. No, that didn't work. Well, I'm going to try this. No, that didn't work. You know, I tried this street. I tried that street. No. I'm confidently going where I'm going. I know where I'm going. I have the answers. I have the directions. I'm not frustrated with the swing set. Here's the directions. That's A. That's B. This boat diagram right there hooks the two together. I'm good. We're going to get it built. I'm not frustrated. I'm excited to see the final product. The boss wants to talk to you. You're not fearful. You know what he's got to say. You know it's going to be good. You know he's got your best interest in mind. It's a huge difference as to how you answer these basic questions of life, and every one of you do every day, whether consciously or subconsciously. I want you to understand the importance of thinking about it, thinking about your answers, and getting it right, because it's going to make all the difference in the world. And it not only affects us personally, how we answer these questions, but it has a profound effect on how those around us answer these questions. There's a a bigger and more significant cultural and sociological ramifications as to how we answer these questions. I'm reading a book right now by Dennis Prager. He's a believing Jew, but he has a great appreciation for Christians. He values Christians. He thinks Christmas is great. He's not, you know, he he understands the value of the Judeo-Christian ethic. He's a very conservative guy. He, he writes the following. Religion in the West raised all the great questions of life. Why are we here? Is there purpose to existence? Were we deliberately made? Is there something after death? Are morals objective or only a matter of personal preference? Do rights come from the state or from the creator? And religion gave positive responses, he said. We're here because a benevolent God made us. There is, therefore, ultimate purpose to life. Good and evil are real. Death is not the end. Human rights are inherent since they come from God. And he says, and so on. But then he contrasts that with non-believers. People who reject God. People that are, were in the bar rooms last night and are sleeping in this morning, got no time for church. That crowd, secularism, that crowd, drains all this out of life. 
No one made us. Death is the end. We are no more significant than any other creatures. We are the result of chance. Make up your own meaning because life has none, they say. Good and evil are ultimately euphemisms for I like and I dislike. Nobody could say it better than what he said. So what I'm saying to you this morning is how you answer those basic questions will affect you personally and how you conduct your life. And how our nation answers those questions is going to affect all of us in a positive or a negative way. So where do you look? Where do you look for answers? Where do you look for truthful and reliable answers to these important questions? Well, this is important. Where did I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how am I to live this life that I have been given? There are two sources for you to look to. Only two. You're going to look to man, or you're going to look to God. You're going to be influenced by man, or you're going to be influenced by God. I, I, I have these quotes from the perspective of, of man. Where did we come from, and why are we here? These are the prime questions that motivated... This, this, is, this is how man answers the question. Okay, this is how, this is how unsaved men answer this question question. They say these are the prime questions that motivated man to create a God. These nagging questions plagued him. They begged to be answered. Eventually, one of the men, probably seeking a higher ranking position in the small band, decided he would invent an answer. That made-up answer was a God. This is how your unsaved friends, this is how the, the secular professors um, explain God. That man invented God. Okay? And behind this is the whole thing that life has no purpose. Life, life, we're here by chance. Read on. Why am I here? Well, if God doesn't exist... That means that life must have come about through some natural, impersonal, unintelligent, and ultimately purposeless process. That means we're ultimately as purposeless as the very process which brought us into existence. Life, life's just an accident, and so are you. This is the way the college professors, this is the way the unsaved politicians, this is the way your unsaved family and friends, any of them that have given it any thought, they, that's, that's going to be their answer to the, to the question, why are we here? It, it's just chance. It's, it's just accident. And well, where did God come from? Well, you, you invented him. You, you just you felt a need for it and you just invented him. So, are you going to be influenced? Are you going to let unsaved, lost people have you come to believe that, yeah, there's evolution and there's the Big Bang Theory and we're here by chance? Are you going to let that influence your children? Are you going to let that be the basis for their life? Are you going to let life be empty and meaningless in that sense? Are you going to look to man for your answers? Are you going to be influenced? When, when, when you go to the museum and it says, two million years ago this tree stump was formed and it's been petrified and you buy it hook, line, and sinker because you don't want to be different from the world, which we'll preach on again this afternoon. Or you can look to God and his word. It's more, much more 
reasonable and logical. Because man says that we came from nothing by chance. I look around and it is a fact that we see creation, right? I mean, this, this has been created. It's much more reasonable to, to believe that where you have creation, you have a creator. That's, that's more logical. Say, so, well, then why doesn't the world believe it? They don't want to believe it. They don't want to believe. They don't. They want to live their lives as they want to. You and I have experienced that. We probably experience that on a daily basis. We still have that tendency. I want to do what I want to do. The Bible has full credibility as to being the word of God, our creator God. And notice this statement. We can have absolute confidence that the answers to the important questions about life that are found in the Bible are credible, sensible, and reliable. It makes sense that the answers given us in God's word are the right answers to the questions we're talking about this morning. Let's look at those four questions this morning. Number one, where did we come from? You have one of two sources for answers. Man, which, you know, scientists, philosophers, still under the category man, They're going to give you what? Their best guess. You do know they're guessing. You you do know that, that, that they're guessing. You do know that there is no evidence for evolution. You do know that even to their credit, some of them, some of the secular scientists are saying it's impossible. Evolution is impossible. I was talking to Brother Jamie. I said, how is it possible that life comes out of non-life to begin with? Right? That's where they start. You know, it's just this primordial soup out there. Inanimate matter. Now, how does life evolve from that? That's that's a basic question. And, And then number two, for there to be reproduction, there has to be male and female. How did they both develop at the same time and figure it out? Think about it. It's illogical. See if this answer doesn't sound so much better. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and darkness he called night. The evening and the morning were the first day. Then you skip down to verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. I don't know about you. That just sounds reasonable to me. That, that sounds way more believable. Just looking at it from a human-limited perspective, that sounds way more reasonable that out of nothing popped all of this. Now, when you have that answer to where did we come from, God created the heavens and the earth, 
That gives you value. A.W. Tozer said it this way. When the Lord lays his hand upon a man, that man ceases at once to be ordinary. He immediately becomes extraordinary, and his life takes on cosmic significance. The angels in heaven take notice of him and go forth to become his ministers. Though the man had before been only one of the faceless multitude, a mere cipher in the universe, an invisible dust grain blown across the endless waste, now he gets a face and a name and a place in the scheme of meaningful things. Christ knows his own sheep by name. People that believe the guesses of man... What, what value is imparted to them? You're here by luck. You're here by chance. You know, you're, 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 there's no more significance to you than that tree or that rock. That's hard for us Christians to comprehend, but you've got to think like they think. That's what they really think. So of what value are you? That, that's why a guy like Hitler... Who, who bought into Darwinian evolution and the survival of the fittest, thought it nothing to massacre all the Jews. He thought he was doing the world a good thing. You understand how it ha- these, the answers to these questions have significant personal and sociological um, consequences to them? Because you as a believer know that in the beginning God created. You were created intentionally. On purpose. You are the, the, the pentacle of God's creation. You have great value that lost people cannot even begin to appreciate. Where did we come from? Second question, why are we here? The best guess of man as to why we're here? Okay, we're here by accident, so why are we here? Ask a lost person. Ask him, why are we here? We well, may come up with that list that pitiful little list that we looked at at the beginning, but when it really comes down to it, they have no idea why we're here. (coughs) The Bible gives us answers. One of the reasons we're here is relationship. Luke 11, 2, and he said unto them, when ye pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Our Father, One of the reasons we are here is for the relationship that we are privileged to have with our creator God, our Father. We're also here for even a purpose, stewardship. In the beginning with Adam and the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. We are here to be stewards. We we have responsibilities. And Number three, and by the way, this is not an exhaustive list. We're here to give glory. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. We're here to glorify God. This gives us, when we understand the answer to the question, why are we here? It gives us something that we value so much. It gives us purpose. 
you know, to, to go somewhere and to be a part of a project and somebody says, well, just sit over there and we'll get to you in a second. And you're here to volunteer, you know, and, and you're just sitting there. What a lie. I mean, you're, you're, no, give me something to do. I'm here. To, I volunteer and I want, I want to do something. I want to have a purpose. I don't want to sit here and do nothing, you know. And so it is with life. We, we don't want to just be put on this planet for no reason. It, it is significant. When you know that you have a God-given purpose to be here, it's, it's a reason to be excited about life. It's a great reason to get up in the morning. It, it, it's a great guide for us in life to know that you have purpose. I love this quote. True happiness is not attained through self-gratification, but through fidelity to a worthy purpose. It's just wonderful to be a part of something where you have a purpose. I can't imagine being in this life without a purpose. And so many people that are lost are. Or they're trying to find that purpose and they're trying to find it in toys. They're trying to find it in having so many followers on social media. And yet these same people can't make it through the day without some sort of fix from somewhere for something. The third question, where are we going? Again, you can look to men. I mean, they can call themselves scientists. They can call themselves college professors. The best they're going to give you is their best guess. And they say, in most cases, this is just all there is. We're not going anywhere. This is all there is. And if they're going to be honest, they would have to say, maybe. Because they don't know. It's their best guess. Maybe this is all there is. What does the Bible say as to where we're going? Well, it tells us that depends. (laughs) That depends on where you're going. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. Okay, that's death, that's separation from God. That's talking ultimately about hell, punishment for your sins. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that death, that hell, but have everlasting life, eternal life. Revelation 20.15, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Where are we going? Well, one of the great blessings of being a believer and having our eyes open and not walking in darkness is that we know we're going somewhere. We know this isn't the end. We know that there is something beyond. And God is good enough and gracious enough to let us know you need to be careful in this life because when this is over, you're going to go to one of two places. And thankfully, he has provided a way for us to go to heaven and to avoid hell. To do nothing, you're going to spend eternity in hell. But God loved us, so he sent his son to die for us. And by accepting him as your Savior, all of your sins are forgiven. They don't have to be punished. Jesus took it upon himself. And because of that, you can therefore go to heaven to be with God forever, to to enjoy that fellowship that he initiated in the Garden of Eden. That's why I put Adam and Eve there. He wanted the fellowship with them. It's not his will that we be separated, but fellowship depends upon our cleanliness and our purity, which we lost. But through Jesus and his sacrifice, we retained So we know that this isn't the end. We know that we're going somewhere. We know that, and that gives us hope. Everybody wants hope. 
The idea that this is as bad as it's going to ever be and we as believers are going to spend eternity in heaven, that's something to look forward to. Just like yesterday at the funeral. It was such a beautiful scene up on that hill at that cemetery yesterday afternoon. Those of you that didn't get to make the graveside, the cemetery in Lupton, up, up on that hill there, the, just a beautiful view. And it was so quiet. If you, just, if you just paused as we did up there, you could just hear the birds. And it was beautiful, and it, and it, it, it was serene up there. And, and, and we know that this isn't the end. And we were able to tell the family there yesterday that this body is just going to the grave, but it's not going to stay there. The Lord's coming again and going to redeem his children. This gives us great hope. One writer says you can look forward with hope because one day there will be no more separation, no more scars, no more suffering in my father's house. It's the home of your dreams. We have a hope based on the answer that we have to the question, where are we going? And then lastly, number four, how are we to live? The, the best guess of man, and again, they're guessing. Remember that when you hear the, the, the PhD or you hear the philosopher or the, uh, you know, the Movie stars, rock stars, they love to give their opinions. And why it matters to people is beyond me. But people think, you know, they're they're so influential. You understand they're giving you their best guess. The best guess of man is that you can live a life as you please because there are no divine rules. Let me be a little cynical here. That was believed and demonstrated by people like Adolf Hitler and Charles Manson and Fidel Castro. They believe that. What does the Bible say? It tells us how we're to live. You ever open something that requires putting it together and there's no instructions? How frustrating can that be? But you value, you value when you you open up something and you can understand it. Oh, back back to the project with with Sharon and the painting the upstairs. Well, of course, if you paint the upstairs, you got to take the old blinds down. Okay, because they're old and they don't match, Sharon. So I'm thinking, great, that means I get to put up new blinds. What man doesn't love doing that? You know, <laughs> I mean, blind. But I opened it up, and you know, you, you got to put the little brackets up in the corner, and you, you got your drill, and you're trying to hold the screw and the bracket and whatever, and it's just, it's just a pain, you know. And then with my eyes, if I look through my glasses, I can't see it. And if I put my glasses down, I can't see it. So I might as well turn the lights out and work in the dark. But somebody, somebody thought to put, and I thought it was ingenious, two-sided tape on the brackets, and you just push it up in the corner, and it stayed. And I was able to hold the screw with one hand. And maybe that's been around for years, but this is the first time we've ever brought blinds that had that. And, I mean, and it worked. You know, and, 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 that, and I was just super impressed with that. I mean, the instructions were good. That was good. Is it any wonder that so many people in the world are going crazy? That people in the world are so mad and angry these days? are dealing with depression and anxiety, they don't know how to live. What does the Bible say? Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. We live by faith. 
Verse number 31 of 1 Corinthians 10. Wherefore, therefore, ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. These are instructions for me. These are fantastic instructions. Because I have at times tried to live life on my own, sometimes even as a Christian. I'm going to do it my way. It never works. never has a happy ending. Titus 2.12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The neat thing about looking to the Bible for your answers and having the Bible for your answers is it gives you direction. That's one of the reasons, and it's, it's empirically provable, that as a, as a whole, Christians are happier and live longer lives than non-Christians. That's a fact. So you go out into the laboratory of life, because I'm putting out some serious accusations today, or proclamations, whatever you want to call it. Well, that ought to be provable or not. You, you know, don't, don't argue with me with your opinion. Let's go look at the evidence, and the evidence is overwhelming. That Christians live happier, longer lives. It gives you directions. Effort and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. One of the great blessings of being a Christian is the fact that you have confident answers to life's most important questions. I just wanted to remind you of that this morning. In the busyness of your life, understand how blessed you are. Rejoice in that fact today. Be happy in the fact that you're not walking around this world blind, hitting the bar rooms, lighting up the joints, needing a fix of this or that, that you can go home. And no, our lives aren't perfect, but they're as perfect as they can be in a sin-cursed world. And the blessings are innumerable. Why? Because you have answers. And you need to be aware of that. You need to value that. You need to appreciate that. You don't need to be complaining about how hard it is to be a Christian or how hard it is as a young person to be a Christian at school. Yes, it can be challenging. I understand that. But the blessings are overwhelming. The Bible answer for where did we come from gives us value. The Bible answer for why are we here gives us purpose. The Bible answer for where are we going gives us hope. The Bible answer for how are we to live here and now gives us direction. Try to put a value on that. It's it's invaluable. The, The value is incalculable. The blessings that come from having those answers as a child of God. We'll conclude with this. The wonderful thing about relying on God's word is that it gives you stability. Rest of the world, yeah, so many people in the world, you know what they live for? You know what they ultimately live for, many of them? And I've, I've, I've talked and I've listened. The weekend. <laughs> That's the essence of their life. The weekend. You mean all of this and the breath you have and the heartbeat you have and the mind you've been given is for that? It's limited to the weekend, get together with my buddies and my drinking pals and and party and blow your paycheck on Friday night and Saturday. The wonderful thing about relying on God's word is that it gives you stability. It gives you that deep sense of purpose and meaning. No other counsel will get you through the long haul. No other truth will help you stand firm in the storms of doubt and uncertainty. No other reality will give you sufficient strength for each day and sure hope for tomorrow. No other instruction has the power to give new meaning to your life.
understand, please, what you have. Pause and think about it. Our lives get crazy. Our lives get busy. We can get frustrated. We can sometimes get fearful. We can sometimes be filled with anxiety. Understand what you have. You have credible, reliable, sensible answers to the most important questions in life. You know where you came from. You know why you're here. You know where you are going. And you know how to live this life in a purposeful, meaningful, and blessed way. Go out of here this morning feeling blessed. Go out of here this morning having gratitude to God that you're not walking in darkness. Your eyes have been opened. You believe God's word and you value God's word and you're thankful for God's word. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Myo Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.